I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn a party out. I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn a party out. I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn a party out. I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn a party out. I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn a party out. I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn a party out. I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn a party out. I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn a party out. Damn flight, you got fat. Yeah, I know it looks pathetic. Coming at you at pre-recorded Cold Brew Studios. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, beer. How you doing this week, man? Uh, good. Good week overall. Um, yeah. You still hungover? I can't complain. Oh. No, not really. I really, seriously, uh, I don't know if I can drink beer again. <laughs> not, not in the bad way. Just, just when I'm drinking one beer, I know what I'm missing in another. Oh, I gotcha. Yes. <laughs> I feel the same Hard way. act to follow. Yeah, hard, was... hard, hard to get back on track, but we'll try. Yes, we will. That's what we do on the show. We drink beer. Yeah. That for sure. All right, so we got a lot to maybe, get to. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll just get like a, a super, super sour beer and just like a whole pallet wrecker and just reset it. <laughs> it used to be a pallet wrecker was, you know, a hoppy West Coast, like a triple IPA. Now right. it's a, now it's a super sour. I'm just thinking something different, yeah. Yeah. Maybe like a Flanders or something. Oh, man, that'll wreck your pallet. There you go. <laughs> you remember that? Uh, for some reason, that came to my head. The uh, I'm down to wreck your pallet and say turn the pallet out. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> All right, let's get to the beer. What do you, say? you know, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're referencing. I was just trying to think of the, uh, the song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, time to rock the party. Try, right? Uh, it, uh, they may have used the sample, but I don't know where the sample's from. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, hmm. let's, let's get to the uh, let's get to the beer, shall we? Total party foul, not knowing your reference. Okay. <laughs> Man, it's been years, dude. They're like over what? Oh. Um, like almost forty years of hip hop. I'm bound to forget uh, a beat or two, a lyric or two. But it's funny you say tribe because I have in my hand right now from Barrel Brothers Brewing out of Windsor, California. I have a tribe called Quench. Nice. It is a hazy IPA, 7% alcohol by volume. Uh, this is, let's see here what it says on the back of the can because I couldn't find a lot online. So let me see. Let me find some light here. Coming at you with undeniable flavor and supreme confidence. A tribe called Quench is a convergence of genres styles and ideas it samples classic grain grooves such as two row and flaxed oak and pairs it with modern hot blends like amarillo and cashmere plus a hint of tangerine for maximum quenchability cementing a tribe called quench as an industry icon <laughs> well, that's a that's some bold that's a bold statement uh, up front, yes, yes indeed. All right, and uh, so without further ado, uh, pop off. What do you got? Now I am still looking for the uh, ideal summer lager, right? I don't want to say perfect, right? But a, a nice, light, as in light-bodied lager-style crushable beer for the summer. Correct. And I have, I have an offering from our friends over at Best Bowl. Hmm. Shout out to Lauren. Yeah. I have their taco truck lime locker. Ooh, all right. I didn't know they made a lime one. Yeah, it's a newer one. Um, so the description on the website just say hola to this easy drinking Mexican style lager food with lime and a hint of salt. Just how the taco, that's just how the taco truck rolls. It's a... Uh, it's coming in at uh, 4.7 ABV. Uh, no IBU rating on the website. Um, 
I'm kind of in dark light over here. I don't see anything on the um, on the can about IBU. Okay. But if uh, if people have been following along and you're just a beer enthusiast right away, you know that uh, the Lager family really ain't about the IBU. No, it's not. All right. Without any further ado, pop box. Very nice. All right. So this tribe called Quench. It is a hazy IPA um, in appearance and in taste. Um, it could be a little bit hazier, like a juicier, but um, it's pretty good. It's got a, it's got a, like it says, it's got tangerine. It's got a very citric quality to it, and uh, it's smooth. It's very smooth. Um, not green at all, and almost a little bit of sweetness to it, which, uh, which actually, I like in in this one. It's not. Um, like a super sweet, juicy sweet, but it, there is a, a sweet, like a malty sweetness to it. So I like it. It's good. Excuse me. So it's sweet. Sweet ass sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How's your uh, taco truck with lime? Okay, this is pretty cool. All right. Um, right away, it you could smell. It. You could smell the limeness. You could smell the sweetness, and. Um, I don't know. I just real quick when I was pouring it and smelling it, I was a. Uh, this is a bad comparison, but I'm only bringing it up because I was afraid it was going to be like this beer. But remember that what was it, Miller Chill? Oh yeah, yeah. The the line. Did you have that one? Yeah. Probably. I, uh, did you ever have one of those? Probably. Oh yeah, because it was like super sweet, and you could tell that you know the uh, the flavor was added in, uh, kind of. Uh, to, it kind of was overpowering added in, you know, like they right. forced it in. I think you're uh, the one who pointed that out to me that it, it just tastes fake. Right. Uh, yeah, I said it, it tastes like someone uh, someone put a bunch of gummy bears in a pint glass and then poured beer in it. <laughs> Remember? Right. That was my description. Um, this isn't like that, though. I'm just bringing it up because that, 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 that aroma was familiar in that aspect, however. No, this... Um, you, you could tell there's lime in it. However, it's very tame and it, it's, it's complementing the beer pretty well. Gotcha. All right, so we will rate these beers later during our untapped portion of the show. Just friend us and we'll friend you back. So it's Cold Brew Podcast. And real quick, I had to look up. And it was from a tribe called Quest uh, from the Chase Part 2. I think that was on the Midnight Marauders album. And yeah, I'm bound to wreck I'm bound to wreck your body and say turn the party out. There you go. Alright. So now it's time for the beer news. And this first uh, this first article is, I don't know if you remember, uh, I think it was a few months ago, I said that someone was developing a video game where you could brew your own beer. Vaguely. Well, it seems like it's, uh, it's getting closer to the date <laughs> that it's going to be released as announced during future game shows, future games show, not a game show, but games show, a new twist on craft. Crafting is coming soon to Steam. Oh, so you gotta be on Steam for that. Uh, in the way of Brewmaster, a craft beer brewing game. A new twist on crafting is coming soon to Steam. Uh, they they repeated the fucking the headline tag. A craft beer brewing indie game that has showcased its realism in a new gameplay reveal. The trailer was shown off during this year's Future Games show which is a showcase of all the latest games coming to PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and more. Future Games show highlight over 30 games that will be available for players to enjoy over the next few months. Though games like Stardew Valley have had brewing options, it is rare that brewing takes the lead as the main gameplay element of a title. However, there are slowly becoming more and more games for everyone to enjoy regardless of what they entail. And many of these include simulators that turn everyday jobs or activities into a gaming experience. Uh, I know for a while, one of my daughter's favorite games on on Roblox was a pizza simulator, like a pizza store simulator. 
and like you know um you could do you could be a cashier you could be the pizza maker you could be delivery person you could be the supply runner um or you could be the manager of the place and actually uh give give people money and bonuses and stuff but i'm like really you like playing this this is just like you're like working <laughs> what's what's so fun yeah. about this but she liked playing it um so i played it a couple times it wasn't my bag but people are liking this stuff that that, that was my point of the whole thing uh brewmaster beer brewing simulator got a more in-depth look at the realism players can expect from the beer brewing simulator during game raiders future game show along with a coral island style indoor decorating element players can follow recipes make their favorite craft beer using all different types of ingredients they will have the ability to go through the whole beer brewing process from mashing to fermenting to filtering every step appears to be included in the gameplay players can even add different hops to the beer to get interesting flavors and create a wide variety of beer all in a setting they're designing they designed themselves but you can't drink the beer well it sounds like it yeah <laughs> so what's, what the hell's the point I, I you know but i i told you well, I know I told you, I told our listeners too. As soon as this game's as soon as this game is available, because it looks like it's going to be on stream, I have to fucking sign up for stream now, and I will play the game and I'll and I'll report Steam. back. Is it Steam? Yeah, Steam. Oh, Steam. Did I say Stream? I meant Steam. Yeah. Um, of course the the this Brewmaster Beer Brewing Simulator is made in Unreal Engine. <laughs> that's a real that's a badass fucking engine to use man talk about the the realism in that i, I saw a yeah everything uses a real engine I, uh, I i just saw a an ad for the next generation of unreal engine let me just say it's pretty yeah. goddamn unreal oh there you go it, it looks fucking amazing i don't know if it, it, this is not going to be in that uh engine but it's it's going to be the latest one all right, mm. moving right along. Will that be available on Oculus? <laughs> You're sitting there like uh, doing all the uh, all the hand movements and everything. Yeah. You're pitching these. <laughs> you gotta uh, grab sacks of grain to throw it into the mill. Like, I wonder how like detailed it is, or like. You know, hypothetically, if you were a brewer, like you could go, <laughs> you could go and make these like recipes and get like uh, feedback from the from the computer based on whatever feedback they, they give you and then actually go try to brew it. You know what I mean? Huh. Yeah. I wonder if like how, and, like, how uh, precise like it is all, with your, saving, yeah, go ahead. You're saving all your recipes on your PS5, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you like I wonder if it would give you like the the original gravity and the specific gravity the or final gravity and all that stuff and the the ABV yeah. depending on how long you like, boil it and when you fucking dry hop it. Yeah, I know, right? What if it hypothesizes all the beer re- recipes that you <laughs> enter? Yeah, you you create this badass beer and then you go and find out that the hops aren't available. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or or whatever just whatever it like uh that gives you real feedback like oh this is basically a, pl- a plenty clone you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> try again loser yeah uh, all right let's uh let's move along to the next story here is the headline heineken wants you to pay wants to pay you to hang out with your friends during work do i have to drink heineken though okay right <laughs> work from home culture as so many branches it's changed what we wear to work where we work from and obviously how we work for some of us it means being way too available for extra work ruining our posture while sitting on the sofa typing furiously while cloaked in a sweatshirt that has seen better days heineken is trying to get you to slow down that hustle a bit and treat life less like a race and more like a stroll to incentivize that, the company is offering up to 40,000 people aged 21 and up some cash for simply making a calendar event starting June 8th. You will be able to head to closer.heineken.com and create a work blocking calendar invite to share with your friends. 
Just for creating the invite, you'll get $5 on Venmo from Heineken. You'll get an additional $5 for each friend that accepts the invite, accepts the invite up to 20 bucks. In addition to having the opportunity to make an easy 20 bucks, you can also win the closer. It's not Kira Sedgwick. It's a high-tech bottle opener that will instantly close all work applications open on your computer the moment you crack open a bottle of Heineken. It looks like a bottle opener from space. Nice. So Heineken trying to get into the free money game. All right. And hey, so, um, yeah. So all you listening out there, uh, be sure to keep an eye out from uh, Evite from Cold Brew Podcast. That's right. Uh, let's see. In the last headline, crack open a cold one this Father's Day with five beer-inspired ice cream flavors. Oh, wow. So the indie ice cream brand Salt and Straw wants dads to kick up their feet and enjoy a nice cold one. But the brand isn't talking beer, at least not in a traditional sense. Salt and Straw just dropped a line of craft beer inspired ice creams called the Cold Ones Pack. Let's see here. Here's what's in each flavor. Great Notions, Mellifluous Strawberry and Guava Smoothie Sour. Uh, Reverend Reverend Nat's Saint Citron Margarita Sherbet Modern Times's Nola Coffee Stout Ooh, all right. uh, Breakside Brewery's Half and Half Crunch and finally Ooh. Winwood Brewing's Mango Habanero, Habanero IPA Sorbet eh, I'm good with the uh, Habanero Mango Habanero but the other ones sound great Out of they all do. those, I'm sorry, they... say it again. I said they do. You know, I was gonna say too. I never had a beer ice cream. I wonder how that'd be. Yeah, I, I mean, have you have you've had beer floats though, right? No. Oh, I thought I thought maybe. No, I, I, I don't. Do, yeah, I I went to an event where it was stouts and ice cream, but I just passed on the ice cream. Oh, I was okay. just afraid it was gonna turn like it wouldn't agree with me. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, yeah, but some of these are sherbets. Some of these are uh, one's a sorbet. So out of all these, uh, which one sounds the most appeasing? The mango habanero, um, Brookside Brewery's half and half. That's a chocolatey nougat swirl with uh, caramel, uh, crunchy bits of malted caramelized white chocolate crumbled. Uh, let's see. Or modern times is Nola Coffee Stout. Or Citron margarita yeah, but- sherbet or strawberry and guava smoothie sour. I can see um, the uh, the coffee step one. Oh okay, yeah, I'm, uh, that's that's the one that got me interested too. All right, so each of the go. cold ones pack flavors salt and straw crafted with different breweries to come up with totally unique flavors. Fans can order the five cold the five count cold ones pack online. To come just in time for Father's Day for 85 bucks. The six pack is 95 bucks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, just uh, go to saltandstraw.com. And available while su- oh, <laughs> while the supplies last. I clicked on the, the website and yeah, this sold out. How about the five pack? Yep, both five and six packs are sold out. Oh well. If you're lucky enough to get one, let us know how they work. Exactly. You know what time it is? I think I do. Time for everyone's favorite segment on a cold brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the cold brew list. As we proceed, so let me ask you this: Where were you last week? Ooh, me? I was at yes. Firestone Walker Invitational oh. Beer Festival. Yeah, correction, it'd be uh, two weeks ago by the time the show came. Yeah, I know what you meant. What I wanted to do was I found a list story titled The 15 Best Beers We Tried at the 2022 Firestone Walker Invitational Beer Festival. Now again, yeah, this is what we tried. So this, I'll, I'll share the disclosure. This is from Insight Hook website. Um, 
Yeah, that's all you need to know. I don't want to like shout out a name associated, even though, you know, someone did write this. Um, but because we is in the title, I'm, I'm assuming it was a team, not just the, One the, person. the writer or something. Right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. And the thing is, it's not numbered too, it's not ranked. Oh, okay. So, yeah, let me let me shout it out. And uh, what's it called? Uh, we'll talk about it for sure. Um, really quick, or yeah, really quick too. Um, all it has is the the brewery, the name, the style, and the ABV. It doesn't have um, a well. It, the description is like full paragraphs, and uh, you know I can't read that <laughs> right on the show. You know, um, we'll just go from what we know or what we just say. So first up, actually, too, I think this list is alphabetical. So, um, yeah. So, again, not ring alphabetical. So first up is Three Floyds, Fooder Fiend. Fooder. Fooder. Fooder Fiend. Okay. It's a wild ale. Wild ale, 7% ABV. Real quick, it's a strawberry sour. I think one of us, one of us got that one, I, I believe. Forgot who it was, but yeah. I, at that point I was I was kind of uh I don't think I, I was looking for a sour anymore. I think I was just looking for IPA oh. or stout. Uh no, I get that. I, I know three Floyds, we ran into your old coworker. That was a crazy uh coincidence oh, right no there. Oh shit, dude. I kinda you know he yeah. he got a little bit bigger, so I didn't quite recognize him. But yeah, that was that was yeah. nuts. Let me ask you this. Is that the uh, that total palette wrecker that that Eddie had? Oh, it might have been. I remember he was having trouble with one with one of the sours. No, no, that was from like like the one he, like we actually sampled from him. Like you just feel the tartness build up in your mouth. It may have been, yeah. Because then we got in line for that was we got in line for what's that the, that New Zealand one right afterwards uh, Garage Project. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, that's right. And then uh, I asked you and Sam to to go get us some beers from I forgot bur- burial, right? And he was like, I think it was uh, revolution. Oh, was revolution? it re- okay? It was revolution. And then yeah. uh, you're like, or he, he was, he just said, give me something light because <laughs> yeah. he, he couldn't handle uh, any more sourness. And I, I think that's why he didn't get that yuzu because he was just turned off from sours for a little while. Yeah. Huh. Wow. The so fucking, it was notable. Yeah. What, what a bunch of uh, sliding uh, sliding doors. Right. As far as like, if that didn't happen, then he might have got the Yuzu or whatever. Whatever the case might be. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, continue on with your list. Next from Bagby, the Zippy Trip, which is an Imperial Porter. Okay. Did we get that one? I don't think so. I, Bagby doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't remember stopping at the tent. Right. Next, uh, Beaver Town, Mother of the Woods, a wild ale, seven percent ABV. Very nice. So I don't think we stopped by that booth either. Nope. There were so many. Was, I think I counted sixty booths, right? At one point. Right. At least. Yeah. We, oh, that's just no beer, not Right. Um, next is Brewery Shro- Shronram Shronrammer. <laughs> okay. It's the German, one of the German booths, um, and it was their, uh, their Hell. I'm sorry. Shronrammer Hell. So it's a Hell's uh, box style. 5% ABV. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I kind of wish... Kind of wish we went to more of the international ones. Right. Well, they should have been in the sheet. Right. <laughs> hey, did we mention on Because I don't remember. I didn't listen back to the whole thing. But did we mention how, like, they said it was going to be cloudy, like, most of the day? And it was there was maybe a couple clouds in the sky. It, it did not get overcast whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> but that was I know, one of the you mentioned it. Like- we went to like, hey, where the hell are the clouds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was probably clouds, damn it. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, go ahead. Continue. Uh, next, Crooked Stave Maple Peach Short Stack. Crooked Stave. I didn't go to Crooked Stave. I think Eddie went to Crooked Stave. But I don't know which one he got. Yeah. I'm not sure if I went to Crooked Stave with Eddie or not. I know we went uh, in 2019. We went to Crooked Stave. Damn, I wish we took a picture. Like, do you re- re- roughly remember what that, that booth was? Yeah, Crooked Stave was uh, right ne- it was next to Juicy Bits, I believe. Across from the bathroom. Across from the bathroom. Okay. So it was still like a, I, I, like right outside the Grand Arena or the big stage, right? Yeah, right. Uh, no, I don't remember that. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a fruited sour with the 8.6% ABV. Mm, okay. Next up is from Firestone Walker. Hmm. The, how do you say it? The Frynum? The, fr- the Fryman? Oh, it has a P in front of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know there's that brewery that's up in Oregon, Oregon or Washington the, called Freem. Yeah. And so maybe it's something like that. Freeman. Freeman. Okay. It's E-F-R-I-E-M-I-N apostrophe. <laughs> maybe it is Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a Saison style. Um, 6.9. That's kind of high for us for a Saison, right? Um, How many? 6.9. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, I, I guess so. Moving on. Hey, shout out to Firestone for making their own list. No, it's not their own list. <laughs> <laughs> I know. For making, for making a list at their own event. That's what, that's what I should say. All right. Uh, next is Brow Gruber Pills. A Pilsner style beer. No, oh, who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you where that or where that booth was if nope. my life depended on it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, here we go. Uh, Garage Project Yuzu Rising Sun. The sour 4.4% ABV by Garage Project was uh, also the People's Choice winner, right? Um, you know, and I was trying to think back. I don't think they announced that beer as a People's Choice, but they did announce the brewery as a People's Choice. But uh, when, yeah. when when we okay. were at when we were at Garage Project, the the guy behind the the who poured me my glass said this was the reason the line was so long. Uh, that beer. Yeah, real quick, glossing over it. Um, they took home the People's Choice Award for Best Brewery this year. Okay, mm-hmm. I see. I guess I was misconstrued at the time. I thought that well, that brewery obviously won, <laughs> but I thought but, they won because of the best beer because right. it uses. Rising Sun. Gotcha. All right. Um, moving over um, from Half Acre, the Rewaka Double Daisy Cutter. <laughs> okay. I don't think we stopped at, at Half Acre. Right. Half Acre and Other Half are right next to each other. I know we, I, we got in line for Other Half. Yeah. Other Half Acre. Yeah. Moving on, Humble Sea Cucumber, or Cucumber. Yeah. It's a Goza style beer. We, we uh, did go to, um, yeah, we did go to Humble Sea, but I think I got their, like, triple IPA or something like that. Yeah, I think I got their pills or something like that. I got something like, mm-hmm. especially because that that one veil style I had right away, ooh, that was good. That was big. Was it uh, Eternal Slumber? Yeah, there you go. That's a good name. What did I call it? Internal slumber? Anyway. <laughs> sleep forever. Eternal sleep, I think he called it for like one time anyway. Um, oh, <laughs> that little story we told about Three Floyds and Garage Project in the beer in between. Well, this is one of them. From Revolution, their Sanctuary number 11, Double Barrel Death, Death, I'm sorry, Death and Roses. <laughs> Wow, I can't. Uh, it's an oatmeal stout, 
uh, 1.7% ABV because it was a uh, barrel aged, obviously, uh, for a big ABV like that. And side note, this is the beer that stained my shirt. I didn't, I didn't spill it on my shirt. I, uh, <laughs> when they, what, when they served it to me, they were using pictures, and some of the picture dripped on the outside of my glass. So holding my glass, I never rinsed it off or washed it, and eventually, I rubbed it up against my shirt. Right. Yeah, you could tell but it, came it wasn't. You, oh, that's good. You could tell it wasn't a drop yeah. because it was. It wasn't like just a a circle or it was like a smear. It wasn't a tear. It was like a rub. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, next one on the list: the uh, Russian River Pliny the Elder. Uh, Russian River is very very popular. Double IPA, eight point zero percent ABV made the list um how do you say it sante adarius yep sarah they're west they're west ashley cuvee oh okay we didn't we were next to him but we didn't stop there right right it was a saison that was um well 7.3 ap abv Oh, okay. They were right next to Cloudburst, which we did go to. Right. And actually, too, um, this one was a blend of their 2018, 19, 20, and 21 batches. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, moving on from Surly, their Key Lime Supreme, a fruited sour. Oh, okay. ABV of 4.5%. A lot of sours on this list. Uh, that's what I that's what I was gonna discuss. A lot of a lot of sour and saison styles too. Um considering you know everyone had uh, a IP an IPA of some sort. Yeah. Um you know, which is good though, you know, have that diversity, you know. Um and again, m- making stuff that uh you know people um what, you know, that's the thing too. People might not necessarily try it because uh, they'd have to buy a whole bottle or a, a whole uh, serving at a, at a restaurant or like a whole bottle at a store, whole serving at a restaurant where at a beer event you could just, just get a sample. Right. And hey, if you hate it, you can dump it too because you're that, <laughs> that's so, uh, so much turned off by it. Uh, next is that brewery with kind of the weird name because of the spelling throws you off. Spelling throws you off, but. Weird as indifferent too. I don't want to start getting bashed because uh, we really haven't mentioned this brewery before. But there does not exist. Oh yeah, I think they're from that the Paso area. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, let me look it up real quick. Their their temporal illusion. Uh, and again, it's like a saison. Uh, it's a saison at six point two percent ABV. Yeah, it's less than an hour from Firestone Walker in San Luis Obispo. Oh, okay. There you go. I was just about to uh, look that up. Yep. Oh, and it is, it is a, uh, collab a collab with Walker. Yeah, I just I yeah. noticed that too. There, did you, have you seen their logo? Did, does it have their logo on there? The There Does Not Exist logo? No, I've seen it before, but like the E's are backwards, right? Or crossed out or something like that? Yeah, it's just a backward, backwards E and there's a slash, a backslash through the E from top to bottom. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they, they use that for, for when they spell it out too. Oh, okay. All right. For yeah. Yeah. All right. So that actually uh, concludes this uh, list. Very nice. It seems like... Uh, Man, we we gotta we gotta get out of the the, the big stouts and the IPA habit and try different fucking shit on. But uh, it sounds like it, yeah. I don't blame Eddie for getting you know he he did try to get out there and he did get that one from Three Floyds. It was just it was a fucking beast, dude. And speaking of wreck your palate, um, it was on a tribe called Quest song, but it's a sample from Nobody Beats the Biz. Okay, there you go. Because I know it was bugging me because it didn't. I, the way I remember it, it didn't sound like any of the tribe's voices. And so I looked up right now on uh, who sampled, and there you go. Nobody beats mm. this. That's what I thought. 
All right, so uh, I, no, I, I thought it was a sample. Oh, okay. Because I remember it. Because I remember it being repeated. Like I'm a, like the, the fact you know it repeated, and you could tell it was a drop in the song. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a true lyric or a, a a hook or a refrain, if you will. I don't know other the terms, but yeah, you in, know what I'm saying. In hip hop, you can just call it a hook. Yeah. Um. Anyway, all right. So, uh, speaking of beer, well, I guess that's that's a total total bad cold brew segue. Um, how's your beer treating you? Good, good and gone. Very nice. We're gonna rate our beers right now on Untapped. So let me go to Untapped. A new had by Dust Dust Bowl Taco. Truck Lime There it is 4.7 ABV 10 IBU on this I know you were uh, You were kind of looking on the cam But it says right here 10 IBU What would you like to rate this beer at? Uh, I'm going to give it a 3.75 Okay Right now it has an overall rating of 3.66 None of our friends have rated it what are your notes on this beer? Um, it's refreshing, sweet, and crisp. Sweet and crisp. Very nice. Same. You know, the, the more you drink... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Um, the, um, the, the sweetness, though, it subsides. Like right away, like you, uh, you drink it, it tastes sweet. You're kind of worried that it, it's overdone. However, as it goes on, you adjust to it and uh, yeah. it, it mellows out nicely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So <laughs> I got to mention these cards. First off, we're at level 57 for um, independent U.S. craft breweries. Uh, but yeah. this badge we unlocked, we didn't unlock a Memorial yeah. Day badge. However, we unlocked the WATL badge. Which is um, to commemorate the International Axe Throwing Day. Oh, <laughs> Sponsored by WATL. Grab a hatchet, cock your arm behind your head, and propel an axe forward toward a target. You've just become an axe thrower. Celebrate this unique, diverse sport on International Axe Throwing Day on June 13th, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thrown an axe? Like, like you know, at a target, not just like, hey, I'm, t- I'm gonna toss this right here because I don't need it right now. Uh, no. Yeah. Neither have I. But there are a couple axe throwing places around here, and I was at the Copper State Beer Festival, and they had an axe throwing trailer there. Um, uh, is that something you would be interested in or not? Yes and no. I I I'd do it just to try. However, I pref- I prefer just for. For my safety and the safety of others to do it in a, a facility that doesn't serve drinks. Oh, okay. There is a place over here that, that, that doesn't serve drinks that has it, but you could bring your own drinks, though. Oh. Uh, it's weird. Well, that that's point. okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called like a... It's the Axe Throwing Place. I forgot what it's called, but then they also have an escape room called the Axe Escape yeah. Room. Okay, um... Yeah, I well, there's a uh, a popular tourist trap out here in, in San Jose that uh, I guess to to attract more people, they've added axe throwing and escape rooms to it too. Oh, and I made the joke uh, that the escape room is just you have to <laughs> you have to walk through the gauntlet of people throwing axes. Yeah, you have to walk down range. Yeah. Um, so my beer is the Tribe Called Quench. I like it. It's good. I'm going to give it a 4.0. Here, let me close all the cards. Uh, let me see here. Tribe Called... There's a bunch of Tribe beers. A Tribe Called Zest. A Tribe Called Hops. A Tribe Called... Another Tribe Called Zest. A tribe Called Dust. A tribe Called Quench. There's the one I'm looking for. A tribe Called Mosaic. A tribe Called Fest. Tribe called Fruit. Tribe called Kolsch. (laughs) 
Oh, and they all got like the uh, the standard Tribe Called Quest type um, labels, you know, with the the black background with the red, green, and this one's got a little yellow thrown in there too. So yeah, uh, to probably just to differentiate. I think that's what you told me, right? Do you want to give the little background on the label art of this one that you told me uh, when we were in Paso? They were just going to go with red and green, but it looked like someone else's label, so they threw some yellow in there. Yeah, I heard a story like that where they wanted to stand out, so they didn't. They didn't. They they wanted to do the the low end theory art. However, um, yeah, they didn't want to be mistaken or, or you know, um, what you called um, get a C and D maybe. Yeah, C and D from a from a uh, from another parody style logo that's already been done. Right. So they added the. Uh, they had a yellow trim to uh, to stand out right. or to differentiate. And so I like this one. It's going to be 4.0. has an overall rating of 3.83. None of our friends have rated it. And I'm going to call it um, smooth like butter. Thank you. For all you Tribe fans out there, you, you know what I'm talking about. Or BTS fan. All right. Um, so you want to get into Kenobi, or do you, got, do you have anything else you want to bring up first? No, we can get into Kenobi. So the last time we talked about Kenobi, we just did episodes one and two, and there have been two episodes. Now, what? why did they do it where they premiered on a Friday, but now every episode's on a Wednesday? Um, I believe because... The there was a a Star Wars convention that week or something like that that weekend. Okay. So the so the Wednesday was always the the plan, but they just uh, did the premiere on a Friday just for that. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not mad. I was just wondering. I just I didn't I had no idea. All right. So part three. We'll get to part three. Part three was fucking awesome. Uh, as far as like uh, just a standalone episode by itself, holy shit, man! Uh, it was because it had Kenobi versus Vader, right? That was the that made the whole thing. Yeah. It was it was awesome to see them uh, uh, cross swords once again. Right, and um, I saw some rumblings online saying like, does this make you know a New Hope irrelevant or you know? But they didn't do or say anything that, uh, you know, dis- disavowed any facts from A New Hope um, from a certain point of view. Right. I get I get where you're going with this about <laughs> how, like, you know, the the um, the line last time we met, I was with the learner. Now I am the master. Right. Um, you know, at, at the time. It, it kind of made sense because I mean, time has passed. What, like ten years? They said, mm-hmm. yeah, like ten years had passed. However, you know, um, Vader had no idea that how, uh, you know, where Kenobi was with the with the Force and fighting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Nor did he. He probably didn't even know where he really stood because uh, there was no one other than the Emperor. There was no one re- there to really challenge him. You know, right? Because. As the story goes with those Inquisitor guys, I mean, he used to he used to beat them up. He used to maim them. Like some of them have cybernetics like him because of uh, chopping off limbs and stuff. So uh, it's a uh, it's it's kind of like a power untested. And, and yeah, the last time he got into a, a real duel, uh, what guess what happened to him? You know, <laughs> right? And you know, uh, looking back on the the, the original trilogy. Yeah. Vader never really seemed this evil. Like in this in this series, he just seems like a fucking dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So even even I think he's 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 still learning. He's still learning his powers. I don't think he considers himself a master yet. Even though he is Lord Vader, you know, people call him Lord Vader and he controls, you know, he's yeah. um he's still feared and respected and people, you know, bow down to him. But I think it's it's more more from fear than respect. He's still um, a bunch of raw fucking power, and it hasn't been really. Um, he's not mature yet. I, I get what you're saying. I can go with that. 
All right, but uh, let's get into part three. I just wanted to talk about the Vader Kenobi thing because I mean that was just fucking awesome, dude. Uh, let's see here. I'll, I'll go. I'll go through the uh, the write up here. Vader instructs Riva to find Kenobi, promising to promote her to Grand Inquisitor if she succeeds. Kenobi and Leia's transport lands on the mining planet Mapuzo, and they proceed to the rendezvous point provided by Haja. Um, that uh, they were on Mapuzo, and that guy driving there, that that being, I shouldn't say guy, the being that was driving that little transport carrier, that was a, uh, that was Zach, uh, voiced by Zach Braff, even though it sounded like Seth Rogen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Seth Rogen, dude, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, what do you call it? He seemed like a friendly guy, but, you know, he was, uh, basically he was, uh, just, he was going to turn him in. He showed his true colors later right. on. But one of the things that got pointed out when I was watching one of those, uh, Star Wars nerds, uh, review shows, Easter egg shows, he hesitated, uh, Kenobi hesitated, um, saying hello you know his his big the big thing about kenobi is is the memes that have come out um you know since the original trilogy and the the prequels about the hello there it was like his first line in in all of star wars lore that's the first line we hear kenobi say right um so it was i don't know obviously they did on purpose it was an artistic um license in that fact but uh I was kind of hoping he was going to say hello there. I don't know about you. What do you think? Um, yeah, I didn't put too much thought or build up into that. I was, so. I was like, oh, shit. The guy said hi. And he's like, oh, I was like, oh, shit. He's going to say hello there. And he didn't do it. So yeah. I wonder if uh, we'll get it. Like, it'll be the big payoff at the end. And all the uh, Star Wars nerds will fucking nut. Uh, let's see. You here. know what would have been cool? You know what would have been cool? Yeah. If he spoke, if he spoke Hatice to him to try to not converse with him no oh, yeah <laughs> but then Leia would have called him out <laughs> right she's like what are you saying yeah <laughs> father stop saying that uh finding no one there they take a yeah. right on yeah that's, that's that's something you never see you never see uh uh a human speaking in alien language in star wars so. huh i mean in solo in solo he uh han spoke a little bit of wookie yeah. yeah but at the same it's time fun. it was more like he he but even though he it was pretty funny but he did that the one or one or two phrases but then the rest of the time he was just speaking english while chewy was yeah. speaking Wookie. yeah i'm just trying to uh cover all the bases there but mm-hmm. like i don't want to be called out well what about that okay i know that yeah but I mean, they don't show someone fluently speaking alien there you go uh see finding no one there they take a ride on imperial transport they are discovered and imperial troops are sent to capture them but they receive help from a female imperial imperial officer tala who is a member of an underground network the path that hides dissidents and outlaws hunted by the empire she escorts them to a secret subter subter subterranean excuse me she escorts them to a secret subterranean passageway but before they can get leave Vader and the Inquisitors arrive and begin to harm innocent bystanders to lure Kenobi. That's the part I was talking about. He was when uh, when Vader was just walking through that that village uh, like street. He's just killing people, dragging them, fucking throwing them around. Like holy shit, this guy's this guy's bad, dude. It's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, I thought that the uh, the actress who was. I thought it was a different actress, but I thought like her character would be the one to become the uh, the the leader of the of the Rebel Alliance. Oh it's yeah, not, right. You I, know what? When I first saw her, I, I thought, is that her? Like, I, I get it, maybe a different actress. Uh, well, obviously, different actress actress from the original Star Wars right. trilogies, but they brought her back in Rogue One, right, and in one, the prequels, I think. I think so. I, they're, I know they're, Rogue they're, One, yeah. She was recasted, so I mean, or that that character has been recasted. So I was just wondering if uh, I, I thought in the back of my head, oh, oh, is that her origin? And like, we're we gonna get her quick, uh, 
origin that she uh you know kind of like uh han she did have a uh a, a, a roof stint in the uh imperial military but uh but switch sides yeah but it turned out it wasn't you it know I, yeah it seemed fitting like you know because like she could have had officer training and, and understand military tactics and all that stuff you know what i'm saying i thought the same thing too uh and it's grand mothma that's who you're thinking of right and yeah then when Wait, they yeah. call her tala i'm like ah maybe it's not unless she changes her name but she had like the same demeanor and the same you know the the gaunt face and everything i just uh it, it turns out it, it's not it's just someone else who's a badass <laughs> um let's see she escorts him to, right, uh, real quick. yeah i'm sorry um going back to um the scenes when, when vader goes to the village and stuff like that yeah you know it kind of uh in my, in my mind too it kind of when um when you when you see vader like in um in empire strikes back and like he, he's uh storming the uh the, the snow base yeah and hoth yeah yeah I, i'm thinking to myself you know too um and it's been pointed out it's not i wouldn't say it's uh, uh i'm the originator of it at the same time it's something I totally get and kind of question was, well, why is Vader there? Why is he doing that? Isn't he high in command? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, you don't Hello? in military pursuits. Yes. You don't see the the general or the admiral like right there and the, on the front lines. Right on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. However, this kind of like to me, this kind of recreated that uh, that scenario. So it's like. Okay, wait a minute. This is his thing. He he does, you know, get his hands dirty. He he will put his boots on the ground and go get what he wants directly. He doesn't wait for his men to bring. And well, I guess because everyone's incompetent. <laughs> yeah, well, incompetent. But I mean, that, that's even why they have inquisitors because uh, you know, a normal st- stormtrooper can't take down a Jedi or nope. shouldn't be able to anyway. Right. So yeah, he like to rely on. Uh, to rely on the the rank and file to bring in a high profile target like that wouldn't work he's got to go get it you know yeah and uh, to your point he did the same thing in rogue one when they when they showed him yeah. uh, you know uh, storm the the spaceship right uh let's see moving on with the story uh kenobi sends leia and tala ahead while he provides distraction he is eventually confronted by Vader which we talked about who overpowers Kenobi because Kenobi uh, has been on Tatooine not using the force so he's, he's just out of practice I mean I didn't think that it would really affect him that much I just figured he was hiding it because he didn't want to show anyone he knew it but not using it actually you know he he actually lost uh, some abilities because you know he's yeah. not in practice yeah, heard- anymore yeah, I heard uh, review ch- channels even say like he might be like uh, like how do you say it? Grogu, Grogu, whatever. Yeah. Baby Yoda, uh, he might actually be practicing re- repressing the Force so no one detects him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Tala provides a distraction to save Kenobi, but Leia is captured by Reva, and that's how Episode Three ends. Moving on to Episode Four. Uh, having escaped Vader, Obi-Wan, and, Ta- and uh, real quick on episode three, um, I had saw my friend um, Ali because I went over to Throne to buy the uh, the Bell Road orange blossom for uh, our buddy uh, um, LT. And uh, she had already seen episode three and I hadn't seen it yet. I told her I was going to go home and watch it. And and I, I reiterated how you and I, well, the... the the sentiment that you and I both share about this, that we know that he's not going to die no matter what, nothing bad's going to happen to him. And she's, she's like, I knew something was up cause she kind of about to say something. And then she, I, cause I know her, her actions and her idiosyncrasies and like, okay, something happens here. So when I saw Kenobi get burnt and I go, Oh, so Kenobi got burnt and she's like, yep, yeah, I didn't want to say anything. Oh like, yeah. But there's back to tanks. So, he, he should be fine because back to tank can heal burn but it can't heal like you know chopping off of an arm right all right uh let's see let's move on to 
Part 4, having escaped Vader, Obi-Wan, and Tala infiltrate the Inquisitor's stronghold on the ocean moon of Nur in the Mustafar system to rescue Leia, now being interrogated by Reva for plans on the path. During the infiltration, Obi-Wan discovers a trophy vault filled with the preserved corpses of Jedi who had been captured and killed, including a youngling. Did you recognize any or have, have you watched any of the, the um, Star Wars nerds uh, YouTube channels to see if they um, mentioned who any notables in that museum? Uh, yes and no. Uh, uh, they went they went over it. Yeah. But I, I, um, I, I couldn't tell you right now. You know, okay. I, I know, I know that one alien-looking one was, uh, was one that worked with the younglings. I, I'm not sure if okay. that was the one that helped them build, build lightsabers. Uh, mm. The youngling itself, no. Um, and then another, yeah, the, another Jedi was. Um, but I think that's like deep cut Star Wars. I don't think it was in right. any of the. Um, the, the movie so uh, to answer your question i i know uh th they are uh they are known people just i don't know them <laughs> okay yeah yeah i, I just I, I thought maybe uh i, I figured you watched the uh, the youtube channels already i had because i just watched uh episode four like maybe like an hour before we started recording so i hadn't had time to, to watch uh, any of the easter egg but but i do like watching those youtube channels just to point out the little stuff like did they mention like uh, those shark-looking animals that uh, were swimming in the sea when Kenobi was infiltrating the base? Those things are cool. They yeah. look like like sharks with like little hands or arms around their mouths to like funnel food into their mouths or something like that, right? Yeah, they said actually that's a that's a character in in one of those video games. Oh, okay, yeah. See, I, kn I knew something. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um. Obi-Wan discovers a trophy vault. I said that already. While they are successful in freeing Leia, Tala's cover is blown and their presence is revealed. They eventually escape with the help of the path commander Roken and his guerrilla troops. Vader is furious over the course of events, threatens to kill Reva, but spares her when she reveals that in anticipation of a rescue, she had attached a tracker to Leia's companion droid Lola. She didn't say that. She just said she has a tracker on the ship. And then at the very end, Lola comes alive. And then we realize that she, Lola is the tracker. Right. Um, real quick, though. I didn't I didn't notice who I didn't notice him until I watched the credits, because now I'm like watching the credits to see who the actors are. And uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Is, uh, was in it. That's who I thought that was the. Uh... The guy uh -huh. from I forgot the name. The beginning, right? The guy who said he he uh, yeah. he lost his wife. Right. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. So that's cool, man. I'm like, oh shit, because he kind of looked familiar, but I'm like, eh. Like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna pretend to know who someone is, even though they look familiar, because a lot of people look familiar. But uh, yeah, when <laughs> shit, we thought uh, Tala was Grand Mothma. Um, yeah, but then when I saw the thing, I'm like, oh shit, O'Shea Jackson Jr. He's a he's a part of Star Wars uh, uh, canon now. <laughs> there you go. You know what? And and uh, going through all these episodes, I've noticed um, they didn't they didn't change directors like the Mandalorian and Boba, like from episode to episode, or they're different directors. They, they're keeping the same director for all and. Um, part five and six, they're listed. Uh, the write-ups aren't listed yet, but the directors are already listed, including like the writers and the stories and the teleplays. Uh, Deborah Chow, she directed all six episodes of Obi Wan. All right, way to go, Deb. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that's uh, to the credit of the series. That's why there's a lot of consistency in the uh, in each episode. It doesn't vary by episode. I get that. You get the feel. Right. The same uh, continuous uh, styles, if you will. Right, exactly. It or doesn't like, Yeah, it doesn't vary from show to show, which can help. You know, they, they do that a lot in, in television uh, during a series. They'll have uh, different directors, you know, throughout one season. So it's not uh, it's not bad. It's just, uh, I think, 
it's notable that it's the same throughout all six on this one. Right. All right, man. Um, I guess that does it for us this week. Uh, thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next time. Everybody in Queens, rock, rock on. Everybody in Brooklyn, rock, rock on. Everybody burning, rock, rock on. Everybody in Jersey, rock, rock on. Everybody in Philly, rock, on. Everybody in Houston, rock, on. Everybody in LA, rock, on. Everybody in the sand, rock, on. Everybody in Egypt, rock, on. Everybody in Nigeria, rock, on. Everybody in London, rock, on. Everybody in Sweden, Rock on, everybody everywhere, rock, rock on, even niggas on the famous, rock, rock on, everybody no name, rock, rock on, this is a nuclear, rock, rock on,